But yeah, I actually enjoyed watching this episode because it gave me Riverdale vibes. I I have no idea how to grade this episode. Like, I'm really hoping I come to a conclusion on how I feel about it. Yeah. Because, like, I kind of <clears throat> like it, but this was, like, Brandon at peak white saviorism. Mm-hmm. But... And I hate him. Oh, I hate him so much. But at the same time, I don't know what it is about this episode, but it's just classic 90210. Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 10, Home and Away. Mary, what happened this week? Craig from the newspaper is worried because Brandon's procrastination is directly affecting his ability to work on the layout for the next edition of The Blaze. Brandon stares moodily at a computer screen before he begins to narrate the episode like some kind of cool detective with a story to tell. Except he's not a cool detective, he's Brandon, and he's do- all he's doing is writing his editorial for the school newspaper. So basically, West Bev actually won some football games, but now they have to play against a school called Shaw, who are very good at football, based on their score of their last game. Steve lists the scores of all the other school's games for a group of jocks and Brandon, who are all sitting together at the Peach Pit. Steve tells the group there was a violent incident toward the end of Shaw's game that night. The boys laugh it off and say that football is a violent game. The next morning, Jim reads in the newspaper that two students were shot to death at Shaw's football game. I can't believe I laughed while saying that <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I was I heard the tone the whole time and I was trying so hard to keep it together. <laughs> Damn guys. This is rough. This is like euphoria all over again. Oh god. Um the next football practice is canceled because the coach must attend an emergency board meeting to discuss whether or not West Bev will play their scheduled game against Shaw next week. There's also a school dance next week, the Pigskin Dance, which is a very dumb name. Brenda is in charge of the school dance committee and has to audition some bands. Donna tells Brenda to, to just hire David. Fuck that, though. Grudge Master is obviously the best choice. Donna <laughs> totally agrees with me, but they end up picking up or picking David because he's Donna's boyfriend and she's loyal like that. But Donna is uncomfortable with how much Sue Scanlon has been hanging around David. She gets mad when David tells Sue she can tag along with them to the dance. Kelly and her dad reconnect over the phone and she cancels her plans to go to the dance to meet up with him instead. He's supposed to fly into town just to see her, but nobody but Kelly and Brenda believe he'll actually show up. After hearing concerns from Dylan and others, Brenda asks Kelly if she's sure he'll actually show up. Kelly gets mad and tells Brenda to quit pretending she knows every anything about other people's families. Brandon harasses the faculty for answers about football. Brandon runs into Jordan Bonner, a student from Shaw, who also wants answers about football. Jordan says the other team, not Shaw, brought the unsafety to the stands at the game last night. It was an isolated incident. Brandon rubs Beverly Hills' lack of street violence in Jordan's face, and Jordan says maybe you're not an expert on things if they don't happen to you. 
Brandon visits Shaw and talks to Jordan some more. It turns out the kids who were shot were Jordan's friends. Brandon and Jordan come up with a plan to run their editorials side by side in each of their school's newspapers. Brandon does not get approval from Guild Dumb Name Myers or Andrea, so he pretends to take longer than the deadline to finish his work and to add Jordan's work to the paper as well. In his editorial, he invites all of the kids from Shaw to the pigskin dance. Everybody gets mad at Brandon for going behind their back and doing the thing they told him not to do. Brenda gets all worried they'll cancel the, cancel the dance. They don't. But Brandon gets yelled at. At the dance, um, at the dance, security tries to keep the Shaw students from coming in until Weirdo Gill tells them to stop being dicks. The kids come in and it's really tense. Donna and Nikki get some of the guys from Shaw to dance with them. A kid from Shaw helps Steve make David's music sound better and everybody does a weird kicky line dance. Dylan finds Kelly at the peach pit after her dad blew her off. He convinces her to go to the dance with him. Dylan, Kelly, and Brenda do a slow dance together, and honestly, if they wanted to be a throuple, I'd be okay with it. Brandon's whole goal was apparently to get Shaw and Westbev teams together so they could plan an unsanctioned football game together. So, yeah. <laughs> that was this episode. Okay, so, weird kicky line dance? The electric slide. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it? That's what I wrote, and then I didn't want to be wrong. <laughs> No, I was watching it, and I was like, why do they all know the exact same dance? What is happening? And then I watched it because I originally thought it was the Cotton Eye Joe, and I was like, there's <laughs> no way that existed in 1983. Yeah, like, the Cotton Eye Joe was, like, during the craze of, like, let's remix everything, oh, and God, that's the Cotton terrible. Eye Joe. Yeah, but no, that was, like, that was definitely the electric slide, but, like, the part where you, like, go side to side was, like, rushed. It was, like, you take, like, 40 steps, not just, like, four. Yeah. That's what threw me off. But then when they did the like, all right, we're going to take two steps back. Then we're going to lean forward. Then mm -hmm. we're going to lean back. Then we're going to spin. I was like, I know that dance. Yep. They just added so many kicks. <laughs> yes. They well, and the idea that everyone did the electric slide to David's rap about racism. <laughs> oh, my that's God. That's what I wrote. That was literally my note. I, I got to read it word for word now. I said, now they're doing the elect electric slide to a song about race. Wrapped by David Silver. <laughs> Hold on. Let's see what I said, if it was anything worth it. Um, oh, no. I went, Did da what dance are they doing? Did David come up with a song about racism that they can do a choreographed dance to? <laughs> oh, my God. It's the electric slide. Yeah. I mean, no dance is complete without Kelly Taylor and the electric slide. Oh my god, that was the cutest thing when he's just like, well, Steve was right. And she's like, what did Steve say about me? Sniffle, sniffle, one tear drops down <laughs> her cheek. And then Dylan is just like, no dance is complete without you. Let's go. I mean, that scene would have been perfect had we not seen them go behind Brenda's back and, you know. Oh, I never forget it. I know. I never forget that Dylan is kind of garbage right now. <sighs> but like... Oh, and he showed up and he was like, I told you I was going to be here for the final dance. Mm hmm. I know. And then, like, this episode is exact. I feel like everyone except David had, like, really great things. And the only reason I say that is because I read a synopsis from some, like, 90210 blog. And apparently, Brian Austin Green has said that he doesn't let Megan Fox watch Beverly Hills 90210 because he doesn't want that, <laughs> I guess, in his relationship. 
And they were like, I think this episode is the reason why. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I don't blame him. He's probably hella embarrassed, at least in the early years. Well, yeah, because like the first couple seasons, we've said it. He's kind of a psychopath. Yeah. And like he's getting better. He's not so bad. But, like, the whole thing with Sue was real weird, and it was acted real weird, and his, I didn't really like it. Well, and his dancing and rapping is, you know, what it is. Yeah. It was a thing. But that's, like, literally the end of the episode. And I feel like this episode, we have to go chronologically. Yeah, I agree. There's not, like, enough content to switch between characters. No, and that actually I really liked that everyone is pretty much on the same page talking about the same thing. Me too. Like, like so this is basically supposed to be homecoming, right? Except in a way game. That's what was like kind of confusing is like they were just throwing a dance to support the football team. But that, yeah, you're right. That's what homecoming is. So yeah, it's like mid to late September. So it's a couple weeks into school. It's their fourth game. They called it the pigskin prom. Which is so dumb. Oh, so I hated it. At first I was like, oh, they made this name to make fun of it. And then they kept saying it. And I was like, wait. (laughs) No. I will say that little, like, montage in the beginning where it, like, looks like you have cheerleading and football and, like, the marching band doing a random parade in, like, the middle of the street It was so 90s. Like, even the quality of the film looked so 90s. Oh, but it, like, it made me have so many feelings. Like, the first thing I wrote was sports. God, I miss (laughs) sports. Yeah, I mean, like, it felt more high school than anything else. Like, besides maybe the spring dance episode in the first season, this has felt more high school than anything else. Well, yeah, because they did, like, a homecoming float or something last season but that whole episode was about emily valentine burning everything down yes and that episode was about the football team sucking in this episode they were like we actually won three games Mm -hmm. which was adorable also when it first started i was like is brandon gonna sign up for football (laughs) oh my gosh (laughs) he could be the punter the holder oh no I went all in on it. I was like, Brandon's going to be a running back because of the whole um, cross-country one last season where he was going to run track. And then I was like, well, if they're acknowledging football like for realsies, that that opens the door up for Powder Puff. Oh, that would have been fun. Yeah, I went down all these different rabbit holes, and then they switched to him with the voiceover while he's typing on the computer. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I was very wrong. I can't believe he narrated. Mary texted me before I started watching this episode and was like, this is totally giving me Riverdale vibes. And then as soon as he started talking, I was like, I'm sorry, Brandon's trying to be Jughead. It was just, yeah, it was just the voiceover over diner scenes <laughs> and and jocks talking to each other. And Well, and yeah, like they went to him at the computer typing up. I was like, He's trying to be Jughead, and he is on his best day in Archie. I mean, maybe <laughs> Jughead is trying to be Brandon Walsh. No, Don't absolutely not. <laughs> Jughead is baby. Don't you dare. 
Well, wait, did the Archie comics come? Yeah, the Archie comics had to have come out well before. Oh, yeah. No, the yeah. Archie comics were like the 60s, I think. Mm, that okay. sounds um, right. And then 90210, but the... <sighs> the... um, What's the guy's name? Robert something something? De Niro. No, God. <laughs> Not far off. Um, But like the... The Archie After Dark, I guess, versions. The Dark Archie. Oh. Like, that didn't happen until way later. Okay. What is that guy's name? Like, Robert Aguilero, or I don't know. Um, But yeah, no. This, this definitely gave me Jughead vibes, except for some reason on Riverdale, I truly believe that Jughead is a good writer. And... In 90210, I can't believe that Brandon can do anything. <laughs> Honestly, I completely this- agree with that take. <laughs> you know what this felt like, though? Like, when he started narrating, I thought it was going to be, like, a mystery. You know? Like, some sort of, like, Ooh. like this could have been in, like, a Halloween episode where it's, like, a scary-ish kind of mystery episode. But no. It was just him telling what happened to move the plot, like, to move the episode along so you didn't have to show it all. But then they did show it all. Well, and that was something I was thinking of, like, when he started narrating it, I was like, okay, this is him after the fact. Mm -hmm. And he is going to tell us everything that has happened this week in flashback form. Right. so we're not actually going to see things happen. And then it was like, no, just kidding. He's just telling you everything leading up to this episode so that we can have 40 minutes of Brandon being a white knight. <laughs> yeah. Literal white yeah, knight. Seriously. Also, can we trade Brandon for Jordan? Oh, 100%. Please. I, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we? Let's do an exchange program. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing is, like, Jordan, like, as much as I liked what he said, how he said it was kind of bad. So I feel like Jordan is perhaps the Brandon of Shaw High School because, like, he wasn't the best actor. Or at least he didn't deliver a line super good. But neither does Brandon. So, you know. Well, and so, yeah, I wonder, like, how much of that is, like, all right, well, y'all have to mirror each other Mm because this is what we want. Because as soon as he showed up at the Department of Education, I was like, oh, that's Shaw's Brandon Walsh. Yeah. Like, Totally get it. Mm-hmm. And then he started talking to him. And then every time he was like, you have no idea what you're talking about. And then Brandon shows up at Shaw and he's like, here's my, you know, page long editorial. And then he shows up at Beverly Hills later and was like, you weren't seriously going to print that garbage, were you? That was draft one. Yeah. And Brandon's just like, what? Yeah. Oh, whoops. Yeah, no, I I loved Jordan when he was like, oh, God, I don't remember exactly what he said. He was like, that was writing to get like get his get anger me through out. it. Yeah, yeah, and this one is to like get my words out to people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like all right, I'm on board with Jordan. I want Jordan. I don't want Brandon. Yeah, they even have similar names, but it's not a B name. That's true. The B oh is in God, the last name. What if his name had been Brendan? Oh, my God. Or, like, what if his last name had been Brandon? (laughs) His name is Jordan Walsh, and they were just like, oh, my God. (laughs) That would have been hilarious. 
Oh my god, but that's so much later. I really do want to go chronologically. Yeah, so essentially, like, once Brandon starts narrating, we also kind of learn that Brenda is the head of the dance committee for some reason. Um, and then we're, I think this is when we're at the Peach Pit, and mm-hmm. Donna is also all worried that Sue is coming on to David, which Kelly was trying to, like, be like, nah, she not. And then, oh, she is. She's definitely coming on to David. (laughs) No, that was so cute. And she was like, you have nothing to worry about. And then Sue was just like, drink my soda, David. (laughs) Let me whisper in your ear. (laughs) Yeah, Kelly was like, oh, you you need to say something. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, they, they like pan over to the jocks who have Tony Miller and Kyle. Kyle! I love a Kyle sighting. Love a Kyle sighting. I was so happy that I'm, I realized this episode, I was like, we haven't seen Kyle and Kelly together in like a season. Yeah, it's been a long time. And it means nothing, but I was like, I kind of miss that. I do too, because I really like Same. Kyle. Yeah. yeah. But like, oh, Kyle immediately gave this like a full letter grade. It's mm. like A plus <laughs> Kyle, just for you. Yeah, he brings that average way up. <laughs> For some reason, all of the jocks from the track team that took steroids are hanging out with Brandon and Steve, Mm -hmm. who outed them for taking steroids. Yeah, apparently it's just water under the bridge at this point for them. Yeah, they're all on the football team now, right? Apparently. We don't take drugs for this one. It's totally fine. It's just track. (laughs) It's a new school year. I guess things reset. I I guess, yeah. And then Steve was getting all of the scores for them. And, like, I just feel like Steve is going to become a high school bookie. Well, what's crazy is, like, Steve probably looks the most athletic out of all of them. Yet he's relegated to, like, yeah, like a bookie or like a, like a, I don't know, giver of the scores. (laughs) Like, He's not a jock, but he looks the most like one out of all of them except maybe Miller. Yeah, someone needs to explain to me how Steve Sanders, fictional Steve Sanders, looks so good in those tiny shorts Mm -hmm. if he's not a jock of any kind. Yeah, like his little crop top showing off his little abs and his little V. Like, what? how are you not a jock? Yeah, I refuse to believe that that boy can't do something. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, no, no. He he's the bookie. Mm-hmm. He just shows up. He's just there. Yeah. He can't actually do he anything. He just likes sports. I mean, I guess he's good at volleyball, but if he only plays beach volleyball during the summer, doesn't explain anything. Right. I also imagine that Steve is on Steve would be the one on like a very strict like diet regimen. Definitely. Like I feel like we don't really see him eating at the peach pit. Like when Kelly ordered that like mega burger with a chocolate milkshake later I was like no one's eating that yeah that's fake food well and I feel like he might drink like the power protein shake in the morning or something like that as his breakfast I could totally see Steve being the guy kind of guy that was like I read on the internet once that you should eat raw eggs so I'm gonna have three raw eggs for breakfast definitely he's a fad diet guy Steve is Gaston (laughs) (laughs) Like, particularly in the song where he's like, when I was the lad, I ate four dozen eggs. (laughs) (laughs) Like, he's not actually going to go, like, murder someone over a woman. No. Not Steve. 
he will eat raw eggs and then tell you about his raw egg diet that he's on. Or he may not eat them, but he'll definitely tell you he did. (laughs) (laughs) How do you know someone's on a keto diet? They'll tell you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, while he's getting the sports scores, they're like, well, how did Shaw do? And he's like, Shaw? Question mark? They crushed it. Mm -hmm. 54 to nothing or whatever it is. And then he sits down. He's like, oh, there was some violence at the end of the game. And they were just like, that's just sports. Ha, ha, ha. Rounds of milkshakes for everyone. Mm -hmm. But no. Little do we know. Yeah. The next morning, the Walshes have a serious conversation. Yeah. And I always feel very uncomfortable with like, I mean, I feel uncomfortable with a lot of talk about the serious stuff, but like, especially in 90s or early 2000s shows, just because I feel like, you know, the acknowledgement of privilege and the, I guess, I don't know, I don't know what to call it, but it's like when Jim says that the quote unquote gangs are at it again, I'm like, okay, um... How do you know yeah. it was a gang? Well, and it's the way you say it. Like, oh, the gangs are at it again. It was an inner city L.A. school that mm-hmm. Beverly Hills is somehow going to play. Right. And like that, how somehow at West Beverly, there are also not gangs. Well, and that was the thing. I feel like it's always really interesting because I know Beverly Hills 90210 was supposed to be this like the show that went there and we have these very special episodes and like I I actually wrote down I was like oh is this the race episode for the season yeah and I'm not entirely sure it was supposed to be but they touch on it so much yeah well and they do it from very interesting angles because we've obviously seen like the point of racism from inside the school at West Bev, and then we've seen it from inside the Walsh family with, um, you know, the next-door neighbors, mm-hmm. but we haven't seen it, like, cross town, you know? Well, and, like, there's a scene a little bit later where Brandon shows up at the football practice, mm-hmm. and all the guys are sitting in the locker room. I think it might even just be the next scene after this kind of a thing, um, but they're yeah. talking to the one, like, black football player that actually gets lines and I don't even remember his name I don't think they ever said it yeah and if like he's been in other episodes I don't remember his name um but I think Miller is the one that's like well I think you have less to worry about than I do Mm -hmm. and he's like why is that and they never say it and I was like we know I mean that's the point like we know what you're actually saying right and and I think That's why I get, like, I feel a little cringy because, like, when Miller, yeah, because Miller does say he's, like, I should be more worried than you should be or whatever. Yeah. And it's, like, okay, no, you shouldn't because you don't even know, like, this guy, like, you know, the guy he was talking to is the quote-unquote token black guy in an all-white school. So, no, Miller, you shouldn't be worried. Well, and you know what's interesting is when you actually meet Jordan and he says, like, oh, it was the other school's people. Mm -hmm. Like, there was gang violence, but those gangs came from the other school. Shaw is not violent. You don't need to worry about Shaw. They don't actually 
resolve anything with that. No. Like Beverly Hills spends the entire time being like having a game at Shaw right now is dangerous because violence happened on their campus. Exactly. The end. Yeah, they make it about themselves, not about anything else. Like they like I think I wrote a note at some point. Um not sure exactly where it is, but it's it's literally like they're making the entire episode about what it means for them as in West Beverly and not what it means in general. No, I completely agree. That's actually my next note because I think like so I think the order is the next morning they're talking at the Walsh's house and Jim is like, well, they're not going to have that game. Mm -hmm. Like, just wait, just see. And then he goes to the practice where the coach says that practice is on hold because he has to go talk to the Department of Education. And then Brandon is sitting with all of his friends where they're like, well, if the game is canceled, are we still having the dance? If, you know, Kelly's dad is coming and she doesn't have to go to the dance, what if I don't have to go to – like, Mm -hmm. you know, they're doing all that. And that's when Brandon freaks out about them not caring about violence at another school. And I was like – I get what he's saying because you should care about violence in schools. Like that was the whole, mm-hmm. you know, thing that's happened always here. Right. In this time. Right. But like making all of this about West Beverly feels wrong. like Brandon does not feel like the person that should be doing this. It's one of those things where like, if you are so passionate about it, I think you should reach out to people that should be the face of it. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I, yeah. I think he should work with Jordan rather than trying to take this initiative on his own. Yeah. So I don't know if you guys had watched, had started watching Little Fires Everywhere on Hulu, um, but I, not yet. I won't give too much away, um, but obviously it's based on a book, so it's not completely spoilery but I'll, I'll just try to keep it pretty generic but basically there's kind of a lesson that's similar to that where um one of the main um daughters of Reese Witherspoon's character she is kind of like um edgy she's definitely different than the other children in that household and um she likes art she's very artistic she is just kind of an outcast as well and so she was making a statement in school and she basically she just made, I'm not going to give it away, but she just does this thing, but it's specifically about race. And she obviously gets in trouble for it at school. And this was set in the 19, the late 1990s. Um, and so she was talking to Carrie Washington's character and kind of told her about it and all that. And Carrie Washington liked what it was, like what the statement was, but she basically just said, you're not the mouthpiece for it and you shouldn't be because she's white. And it's just so true. It's like you're allowed to feel what you feel and you're allowed to want to stand up for what you believe in. But at the same time, there's a time and place and there's also a right person to have that argument and to be the voice for that, like you said. Well, and that's especially like it's not even just race at this point. It's also class because they make a big point of like, well, this kind of stuff doesn't happen at West Bev. And then everyone else is like, of course it doesn't. Mm hmm. Like, you are surrounded by picket fences and all of this stuff to keep everybody else out so that you have your idyllic little society. And, like, you know, it's a classism as well as a race. That's why I was confused. And I was like, is this supposed to be the race episode? Because it feels like it should be the class episode. 
But they just went ahead and were like, well, if we're talking about class and inner city in L.A., then we should also just throw in some black stuff. Yeah. Like, that's truly what it felt like when they brought in the security guards that were oh like, oh, my gosh, well, you don't go to the school because you're black. Like, I swear to God. I know. That wasn't that was. Oof. It was it was rough because it was real confusing. Mm hmm. I did not know what was coming with that stuff. Like, what was the point you were trying to make? Yeah. It's like they were – yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, because this is when, you know, they have all these conversations. And this is when we find out that Kelly's dad is supposed to be flying in from Barcelona just to see her. Mm -hmm. And everyone's just like, ugh. We all have absentee fathers. Yeah. and ugh. And, I mean, even the audience at this point is like – Okay, Kelly. Like, cool. We'll see if this happens. And like, oh my god, my heart broke. I know. I know. Like, she's she is so happy that this man called her from Barcelona and wants to come see her and she's going to go buy a dress and she's telling everybody about the restaurant they're going to go eat at. I just can't imagine. Like, I mean, I'm not a parent, but and obviously like stuff happens that, you know, we can't even pretend to know about, but I just can't imagine telling my child, yeah, I'm coming to see just you. We're going to have dinner. I haven't seen you in months, years, however long it is. And then you bail and don't even have the courage to, like, tell her yourself. I know. And the idea that she was, like, a woman pretending to be his secretary. Mm-hmm. Like, she knows. Oh, my God. It was heartbreaking. But at this point in the episode, we don't know that. And this is still kind of, like... Maybe not a high point, but like a – it's like a maybe point. It's like, you know, there's tilting hope. towards the up and up. Yeah. Yeah, versus the whole branded thing is really heavy and deep and dark. Yeah, I mean, and I think they tried to also, like, make it a little bit light by having Brenda try out the bands or whatever for the um, for the dance and Donna just being like, just hire David. And even Kelly was like, just hire David. <laughs> Well, and I love because as I said that, I was like, that's nepotism. Yeah. <laughs> you can't just do that. Every single person in there is going to go to Miss Teasley and just be like, she just hired David. <laughs> yeah. So true. But like, no. That I don't remember the name of that other band. Um, but like, Mary said it. Yeah, I already said forget it. it. I'm so sorry. Grudge Master. Grudge, Grudge Master. Yeah, yeah. They were so good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would listen to them. Right. No, I was about to call them Grudge Witch, and I don't know why. <laughs> Ooh, dibs on that band name. Yeah, cool band name, I call it. <laughs> How about just Fleetwood Mac? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. John said – I think I said something last night, and John went, title of your sex tape, oh. and just died. Yes. And he was just sitting there like – wheezing he was laughing so hard and I just looked at him and he was like admit it it was really good <laughs> and I really wish I remembered what it was man that is like easily my favorite maybe my second favorite if not my favorite joke in Brooklyn Nine-Nine that is ah uh, it's so good it's so good that show is the best y'all should if you haven't watched it you should watch it and if you have you should re-watch it 
That's the thing. I think that is one of those shows that, like, it has survived being canceled by one network mm-hmm. and picked up by another successfully. Like, it's not even just that, like, it got picked up and you're like, okay, it's fine. It's yeah. like, no, it's still good. Well, and it even survived, like, being pushed from fall season premiere to spring season premiere, too, because of season five when instead of the Halloween heist, they do the Cinco de Mayo heist. Well, now they have, what they call it this year, Valo Easter? Yeah, something like that, which I haven't gotten to yet, so don't spoil anything. I won't tell you anything. <laughs> um and like casting changes yeah because gina's gone i know which nate was like, like i'm fine with that i hate gina and i was like no oh, gina I love gina gina has her place she might be annoying but that is literally her charm i was gonna say she exists for a reason yes and that reason is for me and for the g hive <laughs> i loved her so much love it i still miss her anywho um, any who's will be <laughs> um yeah, because this is when Brandon says he tailed Mrs. Teasley <laughs> and the coach to the Department of Education building with yep. the school board meeting. And I was like, no, you didn't. Yeah. They said there was a school board meeting. <laughs> you knew what building it was. You didn't have to, like, put on glasses and get the fake newspaper and follow them. You know what that means is he just, like, looked up at the thesaurus, like, in the thesaurus for another word for followed. He's just like, <laughs> yeah, tailed. Ooh, that sounds good. <laughs> Oh my god, no, like, I feel like if Andrea had been involved with any of this, she would have been like, take that out. That's so mm-hmm. stupid. You didn't do that. Because, like, this this whole time that he's talking about all the editorials, I was like, there's no reason that Andrea shouldn't be involved. And, like, at some point, this is going to turn and be like, if she had been involved, blah, 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 blah. Like, yeah, yeah. I didn't know which way it was going. Either... Brandon was going to be right, and she would have been like, well, if you just involved me, I would have been on board. Mm-hmm. Or it was all going to backfire, and Andrea would have been like, well, if you just involved me, we could have avoided this, 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 and this. Oh, totally. I mean, because we all know she's the voice of reason in this entire show. and oh, absolutely. She gets left out all the time. Well, yeah, because when he shows up at the Board of Education, and Miss Teasley's like, the fuck are you doing here? Get out. <laughs> And he goes outside, and Jordan starts asking him questions. It was like, Jordan is clearly a journalist, and you are just saying things. I know. Like, literally, I love how <laughs> it was like, you kind of hear in the background Mrs. Teasley go like, um, oh, what is it? Says, oh, they're not making a decision about the fate of the game until Monday. And then Jordan walks outside, and, and he's like asking Brandon what's going on, and he just goes, they're not making a decision about the fate of the game until Monday. <laughs> like, repeats it verbatim. <laughs> But then he keeps talking. Oh, yeah. Like, he knows everything. You were there for two seconds. Brandon, stop. And then Jordan, like, has his number immediately and calls him Brandon of Beverly Hills. You don't know squat. It was, was that your quote of the week? It was until I got to another one, and the other one is so much better. I know. It was close. It was. It was for a while. I hope we have the same quote of the week. It might be. It's a okay, good one. I wrote one. more stuff down. So, <laughs> but I did say preach Jordan when <laughs> he said Brandon of Beverly Hills. You don't know squat because he doesn't. He never knows anything. <laughs> he really well. And like my favorite part of the episode was when uh, Brenda Kelly and Donna are in the dressing room and they're talking and they're talking about Brandon and Brenda's like, yeah, he really knows how to make you appreciate him for fixing something he messed up in the first place. <laughs> yeah. 
And it's just like, oh my God. She just summed they up. Know. Yeah, she summed up the entirety that is Brandon in one sentence. Yeah, they know everything I feel. <laughs> oh, Because really, like, this next scene in the newspaper room basically sums up where Brandon, like, fucks things up. Yeah. What, like, when because... you're talking about he's messing up the layout and, like, taking forever to write his editorial. Yeah, because, like, everyone's been talking about how long he's going to take, and then he's actually sitting there writing, and Gil, Gil, Mr. Myers, mm-hmm. and Andrea are just like, are you almost done? And he's like, yeah, I can get it to you in 45 minutes. And Mr. Myers like, oh, I can go have a life? Yeah. Bye. Like, homie, you're the adult here. I'm just like, how is that the way to do this? <laughs> I hate Mr. Myers. I don't have anything good to say about Mr. Myers, he's ever. He's the worst. I don't like him. But then is. And then as soon as he leaves, Brandon goes to Andrea and is like, I need more than 45 minutes. And he asked, like, like he was like, you know, when is the, like, drop dead, you know, deadline or whatever? And she's like, an hour. And he's like, perfect. And I'm like, what is 15 extra minutes going to do? <laughs> no. Oh, and, he, and then he's like, well, you just leave. I can take care of this. I loved how many times they were like, the computer's programmed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to put it in there. <laughs> computers know all (laughs) yeah but then he like dials up you know somebody and he's just like hey it's me and basically jordan and brandon are doing something clandestine and it actually at this point sounds kind of cool i know i actually thought it was this was the point that i was like but why isn't he involving andrea oh 100 because i i don't understand like if it sounds like it's gonna be some cool thing and they're gonna pull off some like newspaper switcheroo or whatever Mm -hmm. like I feel like you really want Andrea on board well and this is just another example of how Brandon it's like he sometimes he respects authority when it comes to other people like a couple either it was last episode or two episodes ago when he asked Brenda if she got Mrs. Teasley's um permission to do the backstory segment or whatever but when it comes to him he's like i don't need permission like i don't know he just never like when it comes to him he breaks all the rules and is like what do you mean rules are made to be broken but then you know when it's anybody else he's like no 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 their rules are there for a reason oh yeah he'll get mad at other people for putting themselves into unsafe situations and then later when his parents are like, I don't know what we're supposed to do with you. Like, there's violence and you go straight towards it. And he was like, what do you expect me to do? Do you want to just lock me away? I have to leave. Yeah. Like, he's, I hate him. I really hate him. He yeah, overreacts. Such, always. He overreacts. And he's such a brat about it, too. I honestly just think he has tunnel vision. Like, he's like a victim of his own perspective. Because he he has that whole, like, I'm invincible because I am a good person. But yet he watches other people do things. He's like, wait, wait, no, that's wrong. So it's almost like he just, I don't know. It's like he just has a bad perspective on stuff. Well, And he's got that white knight mentality of, like, it is my purpose in life to fix things. Mm-hmm. Brandon drives to Shaw and decides to drive through you know, riot destroyed LA, Mm -hmm. which is just something. And then while he's driving, he's like, while I was driving, I thought of the only black man I know. Yeah. Seriously, though. 
And also, like, like, this is where I really realized that he is tunnel vision because it's like, how have you lived in this place for, you know, at least two years, more than that now, and you don't know that there are bad parts of town? How did you not know? Because at this point, this is what I'm thinking, is that he didn't even know there are bad parts of the place he lived in in Minnesota. Because let's face it, there are there are parts of town that are, you know more run down or more low income or whatever you want to call it that are different than the really, really like affluent parts of town. How do you not know that? Well, and I mean, it just kind of gets to me that the episodes where violence specifically, like not sexual violence, yeah. but just like regular violence seeps in to Beverly Hills are the episodes where they have black actors. I know. It is the only time that that happens. Or, like, you know, minority actors, people of color in general. Yeah. Like, those are the episodes where Brandon realized there's there's violence. I know. it's That's why these episodes are cringy, I think, is because they never bring up the fact that, A, violence is everywhere, not just in these specific designated parts of town, but, B, that it can happen from anyone. It doesn't matter, like skin color or income level or house or school or whatever it's like literally violence happens everywhere so why can't they have an episode where they show that violence happens between a white guy and another white guy and the thing is yeah the only time they show violence by white people has been sexual violence which which is that's a a whole whole nother issue yeah right yeah like are you serious like whoof Uh, i yeah i don't even know if i could formulate an opinion on that (laughs) i know i feel like that's That is a deeper thing than I am even remotely qualified Mm -hmm. to talk about. But, like, it just made me think because this is where he's going to Shaw and he talks to Jordan. And, I mean, Jordan has already told him that the violence was caused by the other school and a different gang and all of this stuff. And they never talk about who those people are. No, which that that does kind of interest me a little bit because it makes me wonder, well, and and just kind of think about how – because around the late 90s, which is obviously this is before this all happens, but Columbine happens in 98. And that's when they first kind of give identity and kind of go into the shooters at Columbine. And that's when the media starts picking up like, oh, we're going to talk about these people. And, you know, from there on, it kind of went into glorifying it or giving, you know, more attention to that than the victims and, and yada, yada, yada. And so it actually was kind of interesting that they, didn't do that they literally mentioned the two victims who were jordan's friends more than they did the actual people who did you know who acted on the violence or and whatever so i thought i just thought it was interesting well and so to kind of piggyback off of that like you know this is when brandon is at shaw and he's talking to jordan and you know they have the conversation about having the game at a neutral site and Mm -hmm. jordan's just like you're stupid (laughs) but But then they go to the locker and he's Jordan's like, this was my friend's locker. He was one of the people that died. And Brandon immediately goes like, was he a gang member? And Jordan goes, does it matter? Yeah. Again, another cringy moment from a white boy. Fucking Brandon. Well, that was like Jordan tried to focus on the victims. He Mm -hmm. mentions his, you know, friends that got shot multiple times. And this is Brandon being like, well, was he a gang member? Did he deserve it? Yeah, like that makes a difference. Yeah, it was. It was. 
Mm. Yeah. Another side note was like, all right, hold on. And this is totally a just nitpick. But I'm like, how can Brandon just leave his own school in the middle of the day and go to another school across town while their school is in session and just like casually have a conversation with Jordan when he's maybe in class, but then also in the middle of class and then he just goes home. Like, well, this is like <laughs> in the backstory episode, Brenda just missed class. Yeah. She's just at and the library. Like, oh, well. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Like, nobody ever punishes them for skipping out. I know. It's just like, it's just, I mean, I, I remember my mom talking about like when she was in high school, she and her friends would like go off campus for lunch. But I'm like, yeah, mom, that's lunch, not like an entire class period. No, I will be honest. You know, it's my parents have ever listened to this i'm so sorry about things i did <laughs> 10 years ago but like i would pretty consistently oversleep like it was just a bad habit that mm -hmm. i had and like to the point that i would just like text my dad while i was driving to school and he would call the school and be like she fell asleep she's on her way whatever wow like yeah they were just like accepting of it they were like you're dumb whatever um but there was like one time specifically, I remember I like way overslept and I got somebody to call in and say that I was coming in late. It must have been my dad. <laughs> but then I got to school and my friend Karen was sitting in the front area and was just like, oh, I had an assignment this period. So I'm sitting here to do my homework. And I just sat down with her and like didn't go to <laughs> class. I was like, I, I have a call. They know I'll be here eventually. I'll just go in later. That's awesome. And I sat there for like a solid hour and just didn't go to class. <laughs> and I truly, I overslept a lot and probably like 25% of that time was on purpose. That's funny. Like, I, that is so not me. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I was the rule follower. If I was like a minute late for class, I would like chastise myself. <laughs> Oh, no. The times I did it on accident, I felt terrible. The times I did it on purpose, I was just like, fuck it. I don't even care. Mm-hmm. Rebel. And they just... I know. <laughs> oh, and also, yet somehow I made it out. Yeah, true. Right? We're, like, in the same spot, <laughs> like, recording remotely, doing the same shit. But, um, another side note. Did you notice how, like, herky-jerky Brandon was, like, walking in the hallway with Jordan? It's almost like he tried to do, like, you know, like a cool walk or whatever because he was next to Jordan. And I'm like, why are you walking like this? I'm going to be honest. I didn't notice very much in this episode, like, in this scene of him and Jordan, aside from the fact that his shirt was unbuttoned down to where it was tucked into his <laughs> pants so that you could see his undershirt. <laughs> like I just kept looking at that and I was like is this the style well I actually <laughs> thought about that too because I remember like Dawson from Dawson's Creek would wear shirts like that but instead of being tucked in they would just be like open you know like his flannel would be open and maybe his undershirt was tucked in or something so it like wasn't uncommon to wear a shirt under a shirt but it was uncommon to tuck it in and sort of button it well, and that was the thing. I was looking at this, and I was like, okay, Steve would never dress like this. <laughs> Dylan, maybe? But I was just watching it, and I was like, have we seen this style before? I don't know. 
because like especially the pattern of shirt that Jordan was wearing, I was like, or like every time I sit here and look, and I'm like, are the costume designers trying to tell me something? Oh yeah, good point. Because like honestly, Jordan's shirt looked like they were trying to say he's ethnic. Yeah, I was like, this is a pattern mm-hmm. that you don't just. Like, the white people don't, they wear plain black, plain white. Mm-hmm. Donna's in some sort of flower bullshit. <laughs> like, I was just like, are you trying to tell me something? I don't know why I've gotten so on costumes this season. I mean, it's like, it's a different time, right? It's like when you and I and Mary were babies pretty much at this point, or toddlers. And they're like, this is like the fashion of the teens. So... I mean, it's it's more interesting than it is anything else. And I think it's really important to shows how you choose to dress these people. Because, like, I saw something on the internet where people were asking, like, what, you know, how do you feel about the costuming that's happened on TV shows? And the things that people thought were ridiculous were when they're very clearly stylized and, like, somebody is right out of college but has 12 silk blouses. Like, yeah. <laughs> no, they don't. They have, they have five shirts from Ann Taylor. Right. And, like, that's it. And then, you know, people are talking about how, you know, there are apparently episodes in Supernatural where, like, the guys would just, like, swap shirts. And, like, you would constantly see the same plaid shirts repeated over and over and over again. And and now I'm just like, that's true. Like, we don't see a lot of repeats on 90210. And I'm just like, fight me. (laughs) 15-year-olds do not have an endless closet, even when they're rich. I, yeah, exactly. I feel and like yeah, the like only it. outfit continuity we got was that one green shirt that Brandon wore <laughs> and then Brenda wore. And Which then, made so much sense. It really yeah. did, though. Like, I love that shirt. Mm-hmm. Where well, is and it? And the idea that someone bought the shirt and then their sibling borrowed it and just, like, never gave it back, like, totally fits that, yeah, if Jim is – or Cindy – Cindy would probably be doing Cindy it. would Cindy's definitely doing the laundry. do the laundry. Yeah, and she's just like hanging stuff up. Like Brenda's just like, I like this green. Mine. <laughs> I mean, I will say my mom like used to steal her brother's shirts all the time in high school. And she went she was in the high school in like the mid seventies. So like that was definitely like she she literally like almost every I feel like little gathering we have with our extended family somehow this comes up I don't know why (laughs) but my mom like mentions style or something and then my uncle will be like uh yeah you stole enough shirts from my closet that I didn't even know what was mine anymore like just because yeah she'd steal it all this totally makes sense Mm mm-hmm that is adorable yeah this is not adorable yeah yeah (laughs) None of this. Because my next note is Brandon doing all of this behind Andrea's back. Yeah. I mean, first of all, like Jordan says later in the episode, like not that much later, but he's like basically calling Brandon naive. He is being really naive about like this piece that he shows to Andrea and Mr. Myers. And it it is probably more an emotional piece and kind of and they say it's like got swear words in it. Oh, boy. And Jordan basically calls Coach Chapman a Nazi. Yeah. And why is Brandon surprised that they don't want to print it? Well, and I love that both of them are like, we can't print it. And then Andre is like, we can print it if you, like, you have to take out the swear words and it has to be shorter because it just literally cannot fit. Mm-hmm. 
And Brandon's like, no, absolutely not. I'm not compromising my integrity. And then Jordan shows up with a much shorter thing and is like, you weren't really going to print that, were you? I know, right? Like, come on. I really, I really think Jordan and Andrea would get along fantastically. I think they would have a wonderful working relationship, if not a romantic relationship. Oh, my God. I would love it. I would love it. But, I mean, it doesn't matter because Andrea doesn't get involved. And then Brandon runs the paper, which ends up being two pages long. Mm -hmm. Like, did you know? It literally has, like, two pages folded over. Yeah. Whatever. And he prints it and he puts it all out. And then Brenda's at his locker getting all mad at him for inviting the entire other school to their dance without clearing it with anybody. And he was just like, it was a really good idea. And then everyone is mad at him. Every single person. Yep. Like, I was so happy I that know. everyone is mad at him. Yeah, like, no one was on his side for once, and it felt good. <laughs> yeah, except, like, immediately after this. So, like, they go to the journalism room, and Andrea's like, it probably would have worked out a lot better if you had trusted your friends while he's yelling at her. Well, yeah. But then Mr. Myers shows up and basically threw Andrea under the bus by telling Miss Teasley that the reason it got printed was because they didn't understand their technology. Which, as we know, they spent at least two or three times saying, oh, the computer is programmed. We just need to it's put already. it in there. <laughs> but the idea that he saved Brandon by being like, well, it was a computer error. And Andrea was like, I'm in charge of all of this. My mm-hmm. name is on all of this. Yeah. You should have thought of that before you said any of this. I know. I was like, that's true. It is I think it's still, I don't know, like, it makes me feel like they're purposely trying to make Mr. Myers bad. Um, well, his next line is, I'm a sucker for girls in party shoes. Yeah, they're in freaking high school, man. I just, uh, I'm making gagging faces, but I don't want to make the noise because yeah. I don't want it to go through the, the microphone. But like, <laughs> Ew. I know. So I feel like they're, they're definitely solidifying Mr. Myers as a bad guy. Um, you know, certifiable bad guy. But what was interesting, too, though, is, again, this whole – it's furthering this idea that Brandon follows the rules unless it's, you know, with regard to himself. Because when um, Andrea says a line about, you know, you should really listen to your friends or whatever it was, he's just like, hey, I said I'm sorry. And then Andrea's like, but you aren't, are you? And that, to me, also sums up Brandon, is that – he might say the words or he might be, you know, the classic, I'm sorry you feel that way, which oh, is not an apology. Says that. Yeah, it's like he's not ever really sorry because he's still going to do what he's going to do regardless. And while that's good in some parts, it's really, really bad when it's bad. He just, he bugs me. Because, yeah, like, he went behind Andrea's back and, like, like she says, her name goes on the masthead. Like she is an editor of this paper and then, you know, lying and saying that copy fell through the cracks or like posting all of the stuff that hasn't been vetted by the rest of the newspaper. Like that looks bad on her too. Mm-hmm. And Brandon never apologized. Like at some point he does say he messed up, but pretty much only because a bunch of inner city kids are going to show up at their school drunk which never gets talked about none of that is ever addressed the fact that they've been drinking mm-hmm. like there was that was a throwaway line that didn't need to be if you took that out 
nothing would happen. Well, and it makes me think that, like, as much as the writers and Darren Star and everybody on, like, the staff, like, want to do a good job with these episodes, they don't think it quite all the way through. Well, and I wonder how much of this is different, you know, almost 30 years later, because I do feel like if, you know, the scene where everybody's at the Walsh house and Brenda's like, no, I'm going solo. I just need to get there because I'm the head of the committee and I need to make sure everything's set up. And then Brandon comes into the room and is like, Jordan just called me. And like a ton of people are headed to the school that we weren't prepared for. Mm -hmm. Same thing. You don't need to be like, they've been drinking. It's going to be bad. Right. Because none yeah. of them look drunk and nobody, you know, comments on their drinking later or anything. And like as a teenager, I don't think you really do comment like if your friend wants to go to a dance after having a couple of beers. I don't think anybody is like, you know, making a big deal of it unless it's a teen drama. But like nothing right. came of that. Yeah, like you said, it was like a throwaway. Yeah. Um but before they get to the dance, I do really like that Brenda and Dylan are walking around at school, and apparently Brenda had this two-page newspaper and didn't read the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, she didn't. She didn't read Jordan's editorial, and Dylan's just like, well, "Let's just say he's right." <laughs> yeah, I did like that too. I was like, "How did you not read this? She ain't got time for that. She's on the dance committee." And then I don't remember when she said it, but she says, why is everyone around here so certain they know what's best for everyone else? Oh, yeah. I don't remember when that was. Yeah, I don't think I... Mm, yeah, I didn't make a comment about that. Yeah, I read that. I So I wrote that Brenda didn't read Jordan's editorial. Then I wrote that quote. Then I wrote, can we trade Brandon for Jordan? <laughs> so I don't know what they were talking about. Well, I will say, like, one little tiny, tiny thing was when David was getting ready for the dance and Kelly um, was basically, like, getting dressed up to go to dinner with her dad. And David's, like, you know, talking or whatever. And, and that's when they're like, good luck, good luck. David put on that, like, blazer, that leopard print blazer. And I was like, David looks like Joe Exotic. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love that Kelly was like, that looks like something your business manager picked out for you. And he's like, I told him it was going to look bad. Also, how much would Steve have loved it to hear Kelly call him his business manager? He would have loved it. He would have gotten so much self-esteem from that. I, I love Steve <laughs> all the time. Like, Steve served very little purpose in this episode <laughs> other than, like, you know, once they get to the dance and he's like, yeah, we're going to do this with the levels and <laughs> yeah. and it's, like, really important. Oh, my gosh. And he's, like, saying how he has, like, A&R here to see David or whatever. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. That's why he's mad at Brian. He's like, if they cancel the dance, you have to find another reason for A&R to come and see David. <laughs> Hey, he is committed to his one client. He is so good. I love it. He showed up to the auditions for the dance. Oh, my god! And he's on his cell phone. <laughs> Steve is a treasure. Steve is a proud parent and a business manager all wrapped into one. He really is. He's He is like the definition of a stage mom. Oh, absolutely. Like when the kid from Shaw comes to mess with the, the levels and mm -hmm. Steve is just like, what are you doing? 
He was like, trust me. And then Steve was like, oh, my God, he sounds so good. <laughs> Thank you. Like, he is the definition of a stage mom. Like, don't touch his shit. And then once he's proved wrong, he's like, he's really good. Now get out of here. Yeah, he, like, doesn't give any credit. <laughs> yeah, they, like, fist bump. And then he's like, I did this. I God. made this happen. I love Steve. I love Steve. Steve is a fan favorite. I feel Steve like watch 2020. Yeah, Steve Watch 2020 still going strong. Currently fan favorite. Approval rating, 100. <laughs> but you know who doesn't have my approval is Sue. Oh, my God. Okay. When, like, I think it's when David and Steve are in the locker room. Mm-hmm. And Sue just, like, wanders in and Steve makes all those comments about her. And then he leaves, but then she just, like, literally throws herself on top of David. Not a good look. Well, and she even says, like, you don't know what you're missing. Which like, means... You are a child. Well, and that means, like, she values herself enough to know that she is something worthy of being missed, but at the same time, she's throwing herself at an unavailable guy. And that's, like, when she... So when Donna comes to yell at David much earlier in the episode for inviting Sue to the dance with them, I was like, how does David not see this as an issue? Because it's not like Sue doesn't have other friends. Right, right. That's a good point. She has a ton of friends. Mm -hmm. And she's just throwing herself at David. And I was like, I don't like it. I know. It was... I know... Didn't we say talk about last episode how she's going to be around for a while? Yeah, I think she's in like nine episodes total. I just don't understand her purpose. Not yet, but I mean, it's the problem is the way it's been going where she is just like changing outfits at school and smoking cigarettes and running off with random guys to wherever they take me, quote unquote, mm -hmm. and throwing herself at David repeatedly and being like, you don't know what you're missing. It's gonna end badly for her. I think they're building up to something I don't want to see. Yeah, I'm afraid of that. I'm very, I mean, we have like season bingo, quote unquote, right? Where like mm -hmm. there's going to be a race episode. There's going to be a drugs episode. There's going to be a sexual violence episode. Ugh. I'm, I'm very nervous. Yeah, I'm nervous too. And there's probably going to be something that we haven't even seen before. Oh, yeah. They're going to throw new stuff in. It's 30 episodes long or whatever. <laughs> More is going to happen than I want to happen. But yeah. Like, even the stuff we're prepared for, I'm starting to think that, like, this 14-year-old is mm -hmm. going to get caught up in something I don't want to see normally. Yeah. I don't want to see it as a 14. Like, I am not prepared for Sue to have anything happen to her. I know. I Like, as much as I don't appreciate Sue throwing herself at David, I still want to protect her. Because she's a little baby. Oh, yeah. She's a little baby. She's, like, actually a little baby. She's not mm -hmm. a 20-year-old actress. She's, like, a 14-year-old actress. Yep. Oh, yeah, but then she's just, like, you don't know what you're missing and walks away. And I don't think we see her again. Mm -mm. We don't. Episode. Yeah, because then we're at the dance. Yeah, and that's when, like, so much stuff happens because they've hired security guards and – like, Jordan gets stopped at the door, and they get really offended that he stopped at the door. And I was like, he's a student who doesn't go to the school and doesn't have a ticket? 
And apparently nobody told the security guards that Brandon invited an entire other school to their dance. Yeah. And but also, like, like, who outsourced security guards for the <laughs> dance? Well, and it was just weird that, like, you hired the security company but then didn't have somebody from the school, like, sitting with them. Like, I feel like this mm-hmm. should be supplemental security and that, I don't know, Mr. Meyer should be there at the door to vet, like, oh, no, Jordan is supposed to be here. Because, like, truly, this is where it gets, like, super racial because, mm-hmm. like, Jordan's not allowed in. And then after Kelly and Dylan show up, all of those other students are there. And they're like, well, I don't understand why you won't let me in. And then the two white kids are let in, no questions asked. They don't have to check in. They don't have to show ID, no nothing. And they're just like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, this, this is where it gets really confusing of like, this is racial tension, but I don't think that's what it should have been. Yeah, totally. Because like you said, they make a point of assuming that the people from Shaw don't go to West Bev because they're black well and then there's a fight between miller and oh i meant to look up the black football player's name but there's a fight and and they're like get this shot kid out of here and they're like no he goes to west beverly and i was like yeah they're ass- throwing up a token black kid yeah they assume that he went to shaw just because he's black it's so stupid well and that's where oh, it just got confusing mm-hmm. i hated all of it but yeah, then they all show up. They're all allowed in. They immediately go to the side with the snacks. And I was just like, good on you guys. Mm-hmm. But as soon as a bunch of black people show up, David stops playing music. Yeah, like he has that look on his face like he's never seen a black person in his life. And he looks so scared of like, what am I supposed to do? And Steve is just like, David, play music. So do he plays one job. more song and then stops again. And Steve has to say it again of like, David keep playing music mm-hmm. like come on dude i know and then you know it all starts boiling over and brandon does not save the day nikki and donna that's so true yes oh my god thank goodness they were there and they just like walk into this fight to be like let's go dance this, this is a dance I want to dance. I mean, this made me actually like Nikki because she had the foresight and like the perspective to realize, hey, this is an awkward situation. Let's de-escalate this, but not make it obvious that that's what we're doing based on any undertone. So, hey, sir from Shaw, could I have this dance? And it's it's so simple of a thing Mm -hmm. that they just walked in and they were like, there are boys at this dance. I'm going to dance with them. Exactly. You know, it even makes so much sense that Nikki and Donna do it because Donna can't dance with a boy since David's up on the stage. Mm -hmm. And Nikki can't dance with Brandon because, as he reminds us later in this episode, (laughs) Brandon don't dance. Brandon don't dance ever. So don't ask. Which I was like, oh, my God, it's been so long since Brandon reminded us he doesn't dance. (laughs) I forgot. (laughs) Man, I love Nikki. She's just so reasonable. I'm getting to like her. And, like, that scares me because we've been down this road before. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Seriously. It scares me a lot. Ugh. Because, like, yeah, when he Brandon's like, oh, my God, how can you guys not care about, you know, violence and da-da-da-da-da? And then she's like, I'm neutral. And he's like, 
And then I had an idea, which he never <laughs> credits Nikki for. No. We never actually hear him give credit to anyone for saving this except himself. Yeah, of course. Because he even gets, like, Andrea to, like, sort of forgive him for the whole debacle in the first place. Oh, my God. I love when Andrea and Mr. Meyer show up and they're like, what's good? And he's like, absolutely nothing. Help me. <laughs> yeah. I he just loved it. Ugh. He was just like, I fucked everything up. Please help me fix this. I just hate that he's allowed to fuck everything up and then somehow it's okay. Well, and this is the thing. Every time he complains about Brenda getting things and he's just like, I should go crash my car and get a DUI again. I'm like, this is why your jokes aren't funny. Right. Man. Okay. You're not funny, Brandon. But this leads me to the quote of the week. And it was like one of the last um, quotes of the – or pieces of dialogue of the episode. And – um basically when jordan is talking to brandon he's like i wish you could have met my friends you know the ones that died and he was like you would have pissed them off and then um (gasps) mr myers comes behind them yep and he's like walsh pisses everyone off (laughs) we had the same one Woo! that was the this is like the quote of the whole show yeah no 100 percent. yes absolutely because it's so true even if they like which they did they meant it funny because he's like you know like an annoying little brat about stuff but you know he has good intentions or bullshit like that but no he's actually annoying and he really does piss me off and all of us because that's the biggest issue we have on this podcast is brandon (laughs) walsh no he's actually the worst (laughs) i want to believe that the writers put that there for us (laughs) (laughs) totally i mean it's so true it really is and i know we like we give brandon so much shit and we give you know this podcast could easily be misconstrued as like we don't actually like the show i love this show i've seen it all so much yeah it's just brandon's freaking annoying and i'm glad that somebody realizes it well and it's like every we can say things about everyone like we love dylan for so long and then now i'm just like well he's a garbage human mm-hmm. like that's just where he is now and then like you know brenda i like mostly she pisses me off sometimes for a couple episodes in a row and then like when they're picking out dresses and she starts telling kelly like well, what if he doesn't show up do you have a backup plan like i, I don't think you should get your hopes up and kelly's like you live in walsh land yeah you don't get to have opinions on me which i, I loved walsh land i loved that so much i will say like for the most part it's, it's exactly like you said like i like most of the characters and then occasionally they piss me off it's gonna have to take a lot for kelly to piss me off well, and I think it's the exact opposite. Like, it's going to have to take a lot for me to like Brandon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And, like, that just happens. Sometimes you have characters you just don't like. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Like, we just started watching The Walking Dead, and I think we're, like, halfway through season two. Because we learned season one is only six episodes long. Mm-hmm. We were very shocked when we were in season two. I didn't even watch season one. Like, I watched right into season two, and I don't feel like I missed anything. Yeah, we... I think Wednesday, John was like, Wednesday is work from bed Wednesday. <laughs> and he sat in bed and had The Walking Dead on in the back background. And like, truly, I did not watch it. I kept looking up and being like, who's that guy? Who's that guy? What did he just say? And John was like, stop. It won't matter in a couple seasons who anybody is. Exactly. Well, 
And that was the thing is we're in season two now. And after like season two, episode two, I was just like, I don't actually like most of these people. Yeah. I was when gonna do s- we kill them? I was going to say, if you like Lori, you're wrong. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I have like one. No, two characters on this show that on that show, Walking Dead, not 90210, that I like and I don't know what happened to them, honestly. Like, I know what happened to one and it made me mad. I don't even remember their names. What do they look like? Oh, one (laughs) is um, maybe Daryl. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like the redneck Uh, kind of guy. Yes, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he's a favorite. Hold on. Yeah, which I don't totally get quite yet. You will. You'll, You'll get it. And that's the thing. Everyone I know loves him. And I'm just like, I mean, he's fine. He's there. He's got this, like, bow and arrow, Mm -hmm. crossbow thingy. And then when the one guy slices his arm open and they're like, we need antibiotics. And Daryl's just like, why didn't you go through my brother shit? In between all the meth and stuff is a ton of antibiotics. (laughs) Like, what? Yeah, my other favorite was a girl named Maggie. Um, Beth is the one I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, she was good. She was good. Yeah, I loved her. Yeah, I was a big fan. I I think I stopped watching after like season four or five or so, but I really liked Maggie, who is Lauren Cohen in real life, and um, Daryl. Oh, interesting, because Maggie, Lauren Cohen, is on Supernatural, right where John oh. is on Supernatural, and she's a pain in the ass. Oh. Supernatural. She was in that one season of that show on ABC that just aired like literally not even a year ago called Whiskey Cavalier with Scott Foley. Oh yeah, she was in that. She was great. I Lauren Cohen's great. Yeah, I have no problem with her. I think I've seen her in a ton of stuff, but as soon as she was on screen, I was like, it's that bitch. Because <laughs> I mean, if me having a podcast about a show that's 30 years old doesn't say something, we're easily 15 years behind on TV. I mean, Supernatural alone has like 16 seasons. So, Oh, my God. It's <laughs> never going to end. And when we started The Walking Dead the other day, like John was looking for something to watch that we didn't really have to pay a lot of attention to. And I was like, well, Supernatural. And he's like, that's very true. Every single episode's the exact same thing. And yeah. I don't have to pay attention. Yeah. And then he didn't put it on. <laughs> that's how it goes. I was like, okay, I guess we're done with Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And we're also done with this episode of Yes, we are. We are so done. Like, I don't think I have anything else to say about this. No, just that, like, that scene, which I think we talked about this earlier in the episode, um, where Dylan comforts Kelly about his or her dad not showing mm-hmm. up. Yeah. I liked that scene, minus the fact that they had their fling over the summer. Like, if that was just a friend thing, would have loved it. Oh, yeah. And I kind of looked at it that way. Like, mm-hmm. I just completely took that out of my head because I was like, that's not what Kelly's thinking about right now. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And when she was like, the last time this happened, I went and got high for three days in some guy's pool house. I was like, oh, my God. I know, because Stop. I'm like, like, her dad's abandoned her. Her mom, you know, for the better part of her teenage years has been, has had addiction issues and has only recently gotten over that, which thank God, but thank God, this girl has gone through so much shit and she like literally never complains about it or like uses it for any reason. I know. And then she brought that up and I was just like, I want to hug you. 
Yeah. Like, I just want to take care. I want to put you in a bubble and I want to take care of you. I know. I know. I agree. And then, oh God, I, I just don't like, because I know she's going to end up with Dylan at some point and I'm pretty sure she ends up with Brandon at some point and she deserves so much better. There is a good character who I'm trying to remember from my first watch that I wish she would have ended up with. I don't remember who she ends up with, so let that sink in. But there is a character, I believe his name is Matt. So we'll get there. Matt's a good name. I like Matt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was really good. So I hope I hope he's as good as my memory of him is. Um, and then the last thing is... Like when Brandon, I think he's talking to Jordan, if he's like, well, if you get football players from Shaw Mm -hmm. and then football players from Beverly Hills together, they're going to start talking. And somehow, somewhere at 10 a.m. tomorrow, (laughs) they're going to play football together. Yep. Like, what the fuck is this? I know. He seems like some like fairy with like a crystal ball or some shit like that. Well, and then Jordan's like, who could have predicted this? And he's like, Jordan anyone could have predicted this okay was it just me or did someone else say that at the beginning of the dance or like something like that like I feel like that line was repeated or something similar to it was repeated that would make so much more sense if that happened but I don't remember it. yeah I didn't write it down it just sounded familiar I hope somebody else said it and Brandon took it from them Mm -hmm. (laughs) like I'm pretty sure yeah I'm pretty sure he did that feels very on brand and on Brandon. Uh, on Brandon. So I forgot to give this episode a grade. I didn't give this episode a grade. I don't know if you saw my last note, but I went, what even is this episode? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know what to do with it. And I was really hoping us talking about it would help me get to a grade. And I think I have one. Okay. Honestly, if it did not have the weird cringy race stuff. Yeah. This would have gotten an A. Wow. I mean, it had weird, cringy race stuff, so I'm going to give it a B plus. Yeah, I was going to say a B ish for Bonner, Jordan Bonner. Ooh. Because I like, I feel like his name is familiar enough to where I want to say this is not the last we've seen of him, but at the same time, this is Westbev, so it probably is the last we've seen of him. (laughs) No, spoiler alert: he's in eight episodes. I love because okay, good. I love him. I know he's great. I no, like I, I like his like effect on Brandon, even if it's like a little annoying. It's at least a different perspective. Oh, I completely agree. It's like, not someone from the same West Bev bubble. Yeah. <laughs> like, so it has nothing to do with a B, but we were texting about this earlier, and I feel like this. It is amazing to me that this episode aired in 1992. And then that Riverdale episode aired in like 2019, where Archie goes, I just want, or God, what's the name of the guy? The one that goes, like, I had to drop out of school in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my Nana. And oh then my Archie God. goes, Well, you haven't experienced the highs and lows of high school football. Yeah, it's like, when they're in like children's it's prison. It's when they're in juvie. It's when yeah. they're in, um, Oh my god, what do they name it? Uh, Leopold and Loeb. Yeah. Like, right before they start, or before Archie joins Fight Club or something. Oh gosh. Yeah, because he convinces 
the juvie to host a football game and then the uh Riverdale High cheerleaders oh, yeah. come the river vixens. Yeah, they sing that stupid fucking song and do the dance right outside the chain link fence. Oh my so that god. All of the juvenile delinquents can see them and then Veronica's dad shows up and then they fake a riot. <laughs> Oof. I gotta get on board with this show. I still haven't started it. Riverdale Riverdale's is amazing. It's the best. <laughs> so oh good. All right. Like, maybe that'll be my new show because Lord knows I love a CW show and I kind of need a new show. Like I just started Grace and Frankie. So I need like another drama. Well, that was our episode. <laughs> I think we're done. <laughs> yeah. Next week we have season three, episode 11, A Presumption of Innocence, which terrifies me. Okay, that has to have something to do with Dylan and Kelly. Also, how did you and I not get that Home and Away was going to have to do with sports? Oh, man, you're right. <laughs> as soon as I saw it was football, I was really offended. And oh, I was my gosh. Like, Caitlin know better. It's only because of the, the COVID-19 shit. We're, we're taken away from sports, so it's like out of sight, out of mind. Maybe. Oh, my God. Did you see MLS extended the moratorium? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I know. But yeah, the idea that you and I missed home and away. I know. It's disappointing and I feel ashamed. But yeah, presumption of innocence. 100% going to be Dylan and Kelly. Yeah, Oof. I'm a little terrified of it. I mean, we're getting up there. Who who wrote the next episode? Did you see? Um, No, I can look though because I have it pulled up. Hold on. Do I'm that. not reading the synopsis. Not reading the synopsis. It is written by... Oh, where's the, where is it? One moment. Ah, Darren Starr and Karen Rosen. It's a Karen Rosen. Yeah, oh this one was a Charles. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, no. Something bad is going to happen. Something bad. Mm-hmm. Until then, they can follow us on social media at back to podcast on Instagram and Twitter. Yep, and make sure you can also send us emails about your thoughts, comments, or anything that we don't know. <laughs> Answer it for us at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Please keep telling us all this like behind the scenes, like actual life stuff, because I feel like we need to know so much about that. Do not forget to share, like, subscribe, leave a review on all of your podcast apps. Five stars. That's how people see us. Everything. Yeah. So give us your thoughts, your questions, your comments, your subscribes, your likes, your listens, all of the verbs for this podcast. And in the meantime, we will see you next week. So from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. I'm Mary. Bye. Bye. See ya.